0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this installment of our Brandon Sanderson series. We hope you'll join us by clicking on the Reading Challenge link at our website, thelegendariumpodcast.com, or to keep it simple, just send us your thoughts on the books on our website, on Facebook, or on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and welcome to The Legendarium.
1: Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson,
2: author of
3: Mistborn. Welcome to The Legendarium.
2: i'm a mouth breather anyway sorry. oh i
3: <laughs>
0: i am too i have i have consistently terrible allergies and so uh yeah i'm one of those basement dwelling mouth, mouth breathers that ha- owns a ps4
1: and
3: oh know. that's right you do own a ps4 don't yeah. you you'd, you'd fit right poor in. child
1: you'd fit right in at my apartment <laughs> it's like guys college. is anyone gonna shower today <laughs> but hey you're at the end of the level so that's cool
0: And welcome back to the Legendary Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Craig Hanks, and I am amazingly handsome. Wow. I It's a fact.
3: Just get started with that. The I'm, insults begin strangely today.
0: Well, you know how it goes. Uh, I, we've got a few of us here today for a discussion on mitosis, the short story that... Uh, Followed up Steel Heart, or I should say preceded firefight. It's
3: probably a better way to say it.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. Um anyway, let's introduce our panelists. Well he is smoother than a bar of Swiss chocolate being oiled up for its Swedish massage. It's Todd Wenty.
3: I like Swedish massage
0: I in chocolate. <laughs> And he's just finished year one of law school, so we only have half a soul left to work with. It'll have to do. It's Nick Jeter. It's very much n- not a soul at all. It is a husk. <laughs> and he's <laughs> and he's so boring, I bet he watches golf and talks about it. It's Jeffrey Inch. Yay, golf club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, how's it going, man?
2: Doing well, thank you.
0: Yeah, uh, Jeff, uh, as always, is joining us via Skype. Uh, because, you know, the the podcast is not... We're we're not wealthy people. We can't fly them out every week, so... Not yet. Not yet. Uh, if you would like to sponsor the Legendarium podcast... Yeah, anyway. Uh, no, speaking of contacting us, though, we do love to hear from all of you, whether you are looking to sponsor us or not, so head to Facebook, check us out. Uh, the Legendarium podcast is all over Facebook and Twitter. Of course, you can go to our website, com or... The brand new shiny toy that we're playing with is IMSY. I, I- M Z Y com slash legendarium. Uh, we've started a community there and we're having a, a good old time with it so far. I know Jeff and I are. How do you like it, Jeff?
2: I like it a lot. And I thought it was, I would, and I thought I would like it quite a bit. It's a, it is a lot of fun getting to talk to people on there and getting the interaction. There's been lots of good conversations and commentary on podcast episodes get posted up there and lots of random memes and fun stuff so it's yeah great i love
0: it yeah um yeah it has been a lot of fun it's been interesting because it's still in a uh it's an open beta right now and so you can head over to mzcom legendarium throw in your email address and that gets sent over to me uh and i can approve your uh your application to join and then you're coming into a pretty small community at this point Uh, it's all just people that we've approved, uh, one at a time. So, uh, as of right now, it's still pretty intimate conversation. We're all kind of getting to know each other pretty well, actually, you know, via our avatars and stuff. Uh, and so once the floodgates open, I'm sure it'll be a little different, but for right now, we'd love to have you, uh, join in the conversation there on IMSI. Uh, so hopefully you do that. We will see you there. Uh, I am going to forego the... Uh, the, summary? Re- the recap today okay, okay. because
1: the story was... It would be longer than the book.
0: Exactly. The story was so short that I could read it, right. you know, and just that would be the recap. Uh, oh, we're losing Jeff. Hang on, everybody. Oh, please. Oh, there he is. We got you back, Jeff?
2: Yeah, I got... Yes, I, I heard that I was
1: lost for a moment. Okay, I was getting ready to sing a song to tide everybody over. Yeah, oh, well, really? I think we're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got quite the Celine Dion repertoire.
3: The the singing lawyer that but frightens I mean, me.
0: So before we uh, dive into mitosis, let's talk a little bit uh, because Jeff, you didn't get to talk with us last week about Steelheart. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to to mention? Uh, any points you wanted to bring up on Steelheart, or should we just go over to mitosis? I actually have one thing that I was Oh, sorry. Who was I talking to? Todd. Yeah, Todd. Yeah, it was me. To
2: me. Or
3: I No, I was talking to Todd. No, I'm I am i I'm ready to go. I think everything that I have um that were that were observations of mine that applied to steelheart pl- applied equally well to mitosis. So I I I think it works just to kind of keep it focused on the conversation at hand.
0: Yeah. All right. Good enough. There was one thing that I wanted to mention. We got a listener note uh, after that episode came out. Uh, there's a, a gentleman, gentleman by the name of Christian who uh, sent us a message on Facebook, which we always appreciate. Um, and he mentioned that he was listening to Writing Excuses. Uh, oh, yeah. If any I of think. you want to get to know Brandon Sanderson a little bit better, uh, head to Writing Excuses, the podcast. Yes. Uh, they do a really cool kind of quick-fire 15-minute uh, podcasts. Yeah, there's like three or four regular-appearing mm-hmm. podcasts. Uh, hosts on that and they talk about you know what it's like to be a professional writer the the tips and tricks hurdles they run into and i guess on uh on one episode he talked about the the difficulty that he had with the bad metaphors that david uses all throughout these books because i had i had uh posited that perhaps he just had this kind of store of crappy metaphors. That's what he, I, thought. I thought he was making a list and just <laughs> right. inserting them in when he wanted to. And apparently he was saying that it's actually, so So Christian tells me that on this episode of writing excuses, Brandon said that, uh, that he had actually worked really hard at getting bad metaphors. Uh, <laughs> and so, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so uh,
3: I, I don't know, Todd, you've written some stuff. You ever, do you do the metaphor thing? Uh, it depends on the it depends on the character that I'm working with. Yeah, um, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times metaphors work better within a character uh, in a character discussion or a character portrayal. Yeah. And so if the character, if if it's natural for a character to speak in metaphors and to use metaphors, uh, then I will, but for the most part, I try to avoid them. I'd rather I'd rather use action words and tell the story. So coming up with metaphors in the first place that apply to what you're talking about, um, for me at least, uh, is hard enough on its own. Coming up with bad ones, uh, I I would I would believe that it would be a, a real chore to come up with ones that number one fit your character, and then number two were bad at the same time. So right. for me, it's it's not a it's not a device that I use in in. Uh, in, in a literary sense i i use it sometimes when i'm writing essays but i don't use it very often when i'm writing literary stuff
0: right right all right um okay good well let's uh, finally
3: having said that now i need to go back and read some of my stuff and make sure i'm right um <laughs> maybe i do use them and i just don't notice it yeah, I don't know. <laughs> let's uh, actually talk
0: about mitosis then uh if you please um which itself is an interesting metaphor uh well uh, whatever <sighs> yeah I can't even talk with this man in the room. Um, so I would was... like you
1: to explain that eventually, though. I, I will. I will.
3: Okay. We'll talk about it in a second.
0: Do you, Do you want to just explain it now? I, I'm I
3: th- I'm derailed. I think. Wow, that was easy and faster than so much <laughs> so much faster than normal. Um, I I I see the book itself as a as an outgrowth of what was going on in uh, Steelheart, not necessarily as a as a logical place that it was going to happen from. It just kind of all of a sudden appears um and so this this outgrowth um i think the entire book is 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 this taking of dna pulling it off and all of a sudden now we have this other entity running around while this entity ran off and became a really wonderful book this one kind of scurries around and becomes this cute little story and then dies
0: okay so am i to understand that you weren't such a fan
3: of mitosis yeah no i i enjoyed it i actually found myself wishing there had been more okay um but it, but I feel like just at the point where he's he's done what he needed to with the with the story, I think he feel if it felt like he was exploring some avenues, some things to work with. And when he'd done enough exploration, he said, mm, "Okay, these work. Kill it I've, and move forward." I've, I feel like as I was reading this, it uh, it kind of seemed like
0: he was working to come up with some ideas for Steelheart, uh, and he's he's going through what possible epic powers could I come up with. And mm-hmm. he came up with this cool one. Oh, man, how awesome would it be if there's this guy that could split himself all over the place? Uh, and then it just never fit in with the book uh, with that? with Steelheart. Uh, but he couldn't quite get rid of it. Uh, and one day he was, you know, I, I'm comes Goes up with, with a totally reason. imagining here. He's working on his other books because he's always working on three or four at a time. And he's he's a writing, little bit blocked with, on with those both hands. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I believe that.
3: And I believe uh, that.
0: And he says, oh, you know what, I just can't get this other thing out of my head. I've got to write this down. And honestly, with the length that this is, I can't imagine this took him more than a day or two to to pound out a first draft of. I believe that. And just, you know, get it out of my head and then move on to other stuff. It just, you know, maybe he just couldn't quite get it out. I believe that. So, um, I don't know, Jeff Jeff, like or dislike, how did you do with mitosis?
2: I really liked it. And I the way I went about reading it, I ended up starting on Firefight. And then I knew that mitosis exists. I was like, I'll go back and read it later. And at the very beginning of Firefight, they keep talking about mitosis, mitosis, and they're mentioning all these things that happen in here. I was like, well, I can't, like, I, I had to stick with the continuity of my brain. So I went back and read it really quick <laughs> so I could move on to the next one. But then I actually reread it. I mean, it is, like you said, it's really short. I read it in a day today. And looking back, After having read the next book, it becomes even more interesting. So it's like there are lots of things that are—it's kind of—it is a good bridge between Steelheart and Firefight because I feel like it explores some things that that didn't get explored but were interesting about, you know, New Cago and and that, you know, and and the the powers with mitosis. But it also bringing in some new ideas that will be discussed. In more depth in firefight so like
0: like what because I, I gotta be honest i read the thing pretty quickly and you know maybe not as i i tend to read really slowly and i absorb as much as i possibly can uh, as i read this one i didn't do that uh, it felt to me more like oh it's it's an action scene that lasts about three chapters and then we're done And so I didn't feel I I didn't get what you guys are talking about where it's like, oh, we're exploring some more things. It's like, well, no, it's just new Cago has sunlight now. And that's it. Oh, really? Um, But so, Jeff,
2: tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. So, well, one thing I thought was interesting was just um, and I guess I don't remember it so much from the first Steelheart book. I have a like a quote that I pulled up too, where he's talking about the city and there's one quote where he says he's in some sort of building. He said you know, once plush seats were now hard metal, a sofa had a depression in it where someone had been sitting when the transpiration took place. So it's like that idea of it literally being frozen in time. Um, when that, that was like an interesting, just an interesting little detail that I don't remember um, so much of in, in steel heart. Yeah. And another okay. one, like another small thing with the, with the hot dog stands, you know, this guy opened up a hot dog stand, but he used an existing hot dog stand that had been frozen in steel and permanently used with the, you know, with the umbrella, yeah frozen open yeah um and that hot dog stand kind of becomes a beacon of hope and for david again talking about metaphors a metaphor for reclaiming the city as their own there's still the scars of what steelheart had done because it's all steel but they're painting the buildings they are um you know going back to life as normal before epics and they're he's claiming this hot dog stand that was you know affected by steelheart permanently affected in that in that situation yeah um so things like that
0: all right all right fine fine Gosh, uh, you know, one thing I will say, they'd better do a heck of a lot more than paint. Uh, one thing that I, uh, one thing that kind of struck me as I was reading this, one thing Brandon Sanderson does really well is is paint the scenery. Uh, as you're reading, you you often feel very easily as though you're there. Yeah. Uh, and so New Cago is no different. And I kept thinking, okay, great, Night Wielder's gone and the sun's out. Is it summer? Is New Cago even livable? Because you imagine oh, all that man. steel and, and it's just, it's reflective steel and that sun beating down in a Chicago summer. Yeah. There is no way. And, and so he talks about like how kind of how disappointed he was because people still live in the understreets. And I'm like, oh, you bet that's where I'd be. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding
1: me? Can you imagine the cost of tetanus shots in New Cago? <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> wow. Um, It's going to start raining steel rust eventually. um, (laughs) Slipping.
0: Maybe it's stainless steel. I don't know. Uh, So, Nick, uh, let's hear
1: your initial thoughts. Okay, so I read Mitosis last night, um, immediately after finishing Firefight, which I thought was an awesome book. Um, Oh,
0: we'll get there.
1: Oh, we will. Um, I feel like my my question was, like, where does this book fit? Why is he even writing it? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so short. Couldn't it be a chapter at the... I mean like like Craig was saying, we could fit it somewhere in Steelheart, or we could put it as a prologue. That's the beginning of the book, right?
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you are going into law, right? You I don't you've got yeah. a little bit of Latin under your belt. Yeah. Well, uh we could
1: put it at the beginning of Firefight. <laughs> but um
0: Oh yeah, that might have been a yeah.
1: Well could have been a decent prologue. Well, about, it would have been a long one. Right. The main the main reason we can't have it at the beginning of Firefight is because Firefight has to start with Um, has everybody read firefight no no we're not we're not spoiling that okay so so david begins a journey in his first fight of firefight and he doesn't begin the journey in the fight with mitosis um and so he has to so he has to um when he when he's killing mitosis it's just it's laying the groundwork for the fact that the reckoners are getting better at figuring out the weaknesses yes Um, And that and that we're going to be able to kill them a little bit more easily.
3: One of the things that I really liked about mitosis was that it's it's seeding uh, very easily this idea that somehow the the weakness appears to be. Um, intimately connected to the individual that we're dealing with. Right. It's you know one of the one of the things that's always been interesting about superheroes in general. Uh, superheroes, have, in order for a superhero to work, whether it's a comic book superhero, radio, television, uh, now we've you know we've got so many different directions. But but Brandon Sanderson's version of superheroes as well. They all have to have. A an exploitable weakness. Otherwise, it stops being an interesting story. If Superman can be killed by nothing, if Kryptonite does not exist, it's not an interesting story. As soon as Kryptonite exists, then Superman becomes vulnerable, and now there is now there's really some relevance to whether or not um, villains can can hurt him as well as hurt everyone around him. With with Brandon Sanderson's piece. You know, we see this, and we 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 get this flavor for the fact that that uh, that the epics have weaknesses, but we're not. You know, I, as as I looked at it, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what direction to go in this. And mitosis gives a great glimpse. Oh no, these these weaknesses seem to be tied to personality or character or something intimate about the person from before they received their powers. So I have a theory about that, and you guys can
0: uh, tell me if you think I'm crazy or not. The, uh, the weakness, and and I'm don't worry, I'm not spoiling anything, at least not on purpose. I have not reached the end of this trilogy, and so I don't know if I'm right or wrong. But the weakness seems to be whatever that person hates the most.
3: I I think that's a piece of it.
0: But and so if that's true. Uh, what role does love have to play hmm. it, with the epics? Because with the three uh, decent epics that we know of so far, we have Megan, we have Prof, and we have uh, Edmund. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which, with each of them, I feel like there's some degree of love, for lack of a better word, that these people have for those around them. And when they allow that love... I feel like I'm kind of a hippie right now but when they allow that to really work uh you know in in them then they it starts to counteract that evilness that the epic powers uh, you know have wrought
3: yeah, I, I and I I wonder in in Brandon Sanderson's words the the weakness is always more interesting than the strength right um and so I I really find this is going to be the the conversation that I'm going to enjoy the most as we move through the remaining reckoner's books is how does he use this what what does he term the weakness and how does that weakness manifest i think you're i, th- I think you're absolutely right that it is about choice and the way that they interpret their relationship with other human beings um, and whether or not they use those powers twists immediately their relationship to other human beings and so i th- I, th- I think that's going to be a critical piece of it do they see that they are different from human be- from other humans because of their powers or do they see that they are uh, that they are still the same, and they need to avoid changing and being different from other human beings, in spite of their powers. I think that's going to be a, as I as 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 little as I've read, I'm f- I'm finding that that's going to be a really interesting arc, and I, I it wouldn't surprise me at all if somewhere along the line he explores the idea that that same question is faced by every human being at some point. How much am I like or dislike other human beings?
1: Well. And in a way, to, to carry on with how are, we, how are the human beings like the epics, mm-hmm. um, he plays with perspective a lot. Um, when the epics change, the more they use their powers, the more they change. Um, prof struggles with it a lot. Their perspective changes, and then your cost-benefit analysis changes. I, don't have, I personally don't have much reason to care what happens to a bunch of ants in my driveway. Um, I can step on them. I can kill them. I can ignore them i don't care i'm not worried about the interest of the ant because i am so far removed by what's going on in their lives and 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 whatever it is the ants want um and care about
3: unless the ants can build something for
1: you right unless unless in some way that they were they were useful to me yeah um i i also agree that i mean the role of choice um is very important in in these stories um and there was one more thing Oh, yeah. Like you were saying with uh, the way that human beings, we we also have power Mm -hmm. and we also have to make choice relative to those around us. We're not superheroes. We don't have magical power, but we all have the ability to influence and affect people. Um, And we have to make a choice similar to the choice that Prof is making over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Not to abuse people that are susceptible to my abuse my manipulation something that I can do to hurt somebody else to advantage myself
0: is this why I love uh, the Reckoners series so much more than other young adult things because it seems to me that uh, that what we're talking about here goes beyond just you know I had a cool idea for like anti-superheroes and they have weaknesses and the hero takes them down and maybe there's a little romance in there. Like that seems like a really... Very formulaic. Very formulaic young adult novel. This goes at least one step beyond that and and actually gets into real emotional struggles uh, and relationship struggles that we all deal with. Not Obviously not in a situation like this, but it's relatable to how we actually do live our lives and the decisions we do have to make. And I feel like that's a real... Uh, it's a nice step up from your average YA...
3: Story. What do you think, Jeff? You've you've been you've been quiet. Maybe because we haven't let you in.
2: (laughs) No, that's fine. I've been soaking in. I've liked it. I um. It reminded me of two things. There are two things that I really think that this short story was about, and one of the reasons why it stands on its own as a short story rather than part of um, something else. One thing you touched on earlier was um, something that I think echoes throughout lots of other works of Brandon Sanderson. That fans of any of his other works, I think, will recognize the question of what happens to society when, you know, your God is corrupt. Um, what if, you know, God was evil kind of a question. And also what happens when a regular human, um, is, you know, imbued with the power of a God, the consequences of that. And you see a lot of that exploration in the regular series as a whole and lots of his other books, but in this story as well, I think it's a big part. There's a conversation that David has with mitosis where, Mitosis is asking him, how did you kill Steelheart? And he says something like, he was a god. And to that, um, David replies, he was a cursed man. So their viewpoint on how he was differed. And um, I think that David understood that he was a man is what helped him defeat him and it goes back into what Craig's saying about their fears and their what they hate it's like that being their their weakness.
0: You just you made me think of something Jeff. I wonder if the motivation for this little short story is just that Brandon Sanderson cannot help but wonder what happens after the heroes win. Uh, Oh,
3: I guarantee that's a big piece of what he thinks. And
0: so he goes on to Firefight. He's getting ready to write Firefight, and uh, he has this story set, and he thinks to himself, well, hang on. In Firefight, they're actually going to go off to a different city and have a completely different adventure uh, that has little to do, uh, seemingly little to do with what's going on in the first book. And so we're not exploring the consequences of what they actually did in New Cago. And he just—he has that itch. I gotta know what happens yeah. after they blow up the Death Star. Oh yeah, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I maybe agree, that's I got agree. something to do that's, with it.
2: That's what—that was the thing I had at the top of my list. The other thing that I wanted to mention was—it is—it's exactly that. And I think again, this is why it stands on its own because this is a story exploring the aftermath of Steelheart and then trying to rebuild the city. And again, going back to the metaphors thing, this is a good metaphor, I think, on Sanderson, not by David, but the whole thing of the hot dog stand. And the, the quote that stood out to me again was, some of us fought back with guns and assassinations, others fought back with a little hot dog stand on the corner. And again, you go take this through, that's you know, within the first few paragraphs, take it through to the end of the story, how do they end up defeating mitosis in this story? It's the common people, and David even says that, you know it's the common people who will bring you down, who will bring you all down. When these people realize that they can fight back, the every man, the common person, is the one that can win. Working together in groups, be the ones to do some really amazing things. So
3: vote Bernie Sanders. It is felt, that what you're saying? It felt very much like the end of Bugs' life when the ants all link their arms together and charge <laughs>
0: down the grasshoppers.
1: <laughs> so anyway, we, we were talking about ants earlier. So. <laughs> that
0: makes sense. We may
3: as well bring him full circle, right?
0: <laughs> uh, so. I, I've got a question for you guys. This feels kind of like the last question, but we don't have to make it that. Is it worth the price? Uh, is this book worth the price? It's uh $1.99 for the Kindle edition. It's only $3.99 for the Audible uh, audiobook, which lasts about an hour or 15, something like that. Um, there was I went on Amazon and I checked out. I, I tend to I tend to read through the five and four-star reviews. Five-star reviews are almost always worthless. Four-star reviews are good. Um, and then I, I, I have a lot of fun looking at the one-star ones <laughs> just to see what people, like, what is well, like what is your beef? L- learn, new and, s- learn new swear words in any case. <laughs> right. And so, or at least new combinations. A right. lot of them w- I echoed this one. This person said, it should have been part of a larger work or developed into a longer story. I felt very ripped off. Uh, so a, a big theme with this was, I can't believe I paid money For something that was only 40 pages long. Well, and he was
1: giving it away. Sanderson was giving it away for free at the opening, at the launch party for Shadows of Self. Yes. At the BYU library uh, or bookstore. Bookstore.
0: And um, and it's a, <clears throat> available for free online if you know where to look.
3: You know what? Uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say that a lot of stuff is or isn't because I've read several of our books uh, online for free when I found them at different places. <laughs> um, but but I will. Sinner. I yes. Well, you know, it's I pay I pay a lot of money for the other books. How about that? Um, I, I would I would suggest um, as a as an aspiring author as somebody who's who's working on things. I love it when people read my stuff. Uh, but I'm really grateful when people pay for my stuff. Um, and oftentimes these, the prices that are set in the Kindle store and all those other kinds of things are set by the publishers. There's nothing that the author does about it or controls about it from the standpoint of once the author makes an agreement, they say, this is, you know, this is what it is. This is how we're going to do it. And then in many cases, the Kindle store is the one that controls it, not Brandon Sanderson. So if there's, if there's angst, uh, if there's vitriol to be to be dumped out upon the the mechanism, dump it out upon the publishers for deciding to charge buck ninety nine instead of ninety nine cents. I think it's but I think, um, you know, we pay what five bucks for an hour's worth of of movies on a Tuesday night, seven fifty if you're going on a on a Friday. And I spent a little longer than that. You must live in a very small town. I do. I live in Kaysville. We actually, <laughs> we actually get movies for $2 on Tuesday nights, but oh, we have man. to wait six weeks for them to show up.
0: No, I, I agree that this, this book, you could probably knock out a reading of this and I call it a book. It's more of a story, a novelette, uh, but it you could knock it out in an hour. Sure. Two tops. I mean, if you're a oh, yeah. really slow reader. But yeah. you know what, for a buck 99. And, and so. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you're saying is pretty accurate. You're you'll pay how much to go to a movie theater, and then whine about paying a buck ninety nine for the Kindle edition of this. So anyway, yeah, it's two dollars. Shut yeah. up.
1: And you really can't blame Brandon Sanderson. Again, back to what Todd was and saying. I, I didn't see is, anybody blame. Oh him. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this is a guy that gives away copies of what's he has a new book called White Sand. And oh he, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you want to read the original novel version, he'll he'll email it to you. And he'll just ask, "Well, don't don't spread this around."
3: Yeah, don't post it.
1: Right. Yeah, don't don't make it available to the general public. But since it will never will never be published as a novel, it's free, yeah. and, and so he's not trying
3: to make a buck. Yeah, anyway, he's got plenty of bucks. He's made plenty of bucks from it. Plenty of, but but uh, from the same standpoint, if if you are going to consume the literature, I mean,
1: I was happy to pay $1.99. Yeah, yeah. a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, it's not a it's
3: it's not a, I I think that anybody who's whining about paying a buck ninety nine for acquiring anything of of value that they're going to spend their time on. Um, th- maybe they need to reevaluate their their uh, view of money. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, and make this... sure they
3: didn't go to McDonald's to get a Big Mac. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're getting a little bit into the weeds, but I, I do want to say... Uh, you know, no, never mind. I don't want to say. I'd rather not. Uh, it was mean. So... <laughs> Why would that stop you now? I, now I really
3: want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. We'll hear that one offline on the outtakes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, maybe. You hope. <laughs> It'll be in uh, the DVD extras.
0: So final thoughts. Uh, let's start with Nick. Final thoughts? Um,
1: well, since I can't talk about Firefight, I don't have any final thoughts. Okay. I what? Felt like, I felt like the book... I so- okay, so I actually need to back up. I sort of felt a little bit robbed myself. Not financially, but I, I could not figure out why he was writing the book. Oh, okay. I was like, well, why? what's the point? It's just a story, and for me, the action is a lot less important than the development and the progression. Um, but I think it does, particularly, I I finished Firefight last night, reading mitosis, going back and reading mitosis. It does set up some key... It, it provides support for mm-hmm. some of the things that happen in Firefight, particularly David's ability to fight the record. So I felt like it was... It was worth it. For...
0: I, I'll say this. Um, I'll give you my final thought. Usually I go last, but to heck with tradition. Um, I feel like let's remember, I want to remember that the purpose of this book, uh, at least at the time, what it felt like was sheer marketing. It, uh, At least from the publisher's perspective. I'm not saying that that's why he wrote it, but um, you know, I'm sure they accepted it and said, yeah, let's put out a 40-page little novella because... Uh, it was right before Firefight was coming out. It had been a little while since Steelheart, and let's let's go ahead and whet the appetites of those who remember mm-hmm. liking that first book. Okay. And it's a good way to reintroduce you to the characters, uh, to remind you who is who and what their personality traits are before you then dive into uh, Firefight. So I think it's a a really it was a really smart marketing play and you know if if uh the reckoners is still being read in 30 40 50 years and this one is not i feel like that's okay it oh, was yeah. it was smart at the time it was published so it's good enough for me okay yeah todd
3: go for it um i my uh my final thoughts would be uh twofold number one yeah take cheater, the time take... cheater cheater <laughs> cheater Wow! Um, go ahead and you know, go ahead and read it. Um, it. It's it's an opportunity once again. I I love Brandon Sanderson's style. I love his wit. Um, I love the way that he that he paints with words. Um, I, I, I I enjoy it, um, and I think anybody who enjoys Brandon Sanderson will feel themselves um, well served by spending a little bit more time and getting a little bit of a clue. But the other thing that I really liked about it is that. It's um, and I and I kind of mentioned this earlier. It's setting the stage for some really interesting questions that I think Brandon Sanderson struggled with and struggles with himself in all of his books. How do I make even the uh, the invulnerable vulnerable? How do I how do I exploit these? weaknesses how do i how do i show that these people that have powers still have weaknesses and as a result set something up that is interesting and compelling and fun um i i really i really enjoyed um as, I, as I'm listening to or as I'm as I'm going through and, and reading and, and seeing what David's coming up with as far as, oh, I was wrong about that. Oh, I was wrong about this. Oh, I, I guess I was wrong about the way that his power divides up. Shouldn't they all be stupid by now and all these different kinds of things? He's exploring all of these little pieces that I think he gets a chance to jump into a book. Having said, if you haven't read mitosis, I, I'm not going to take the time to explain some of these things with you. You got to hang on and catch up. So I think it's very, I, I think it's part of what he does as a writer. This is a place for him to explore, to, to work with things that then later on, and, and I could be wrong. I haven't read firefight. I haven't read calamity, so I don't know, but it, it very well may be that he is going to, you know, jump in and, and run with these pieces already having been developed. And if you don't know them, hang on, You you're going to have to figure it out on your own.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can go without reading mitosis and fully appreciate firefight, um,
0: I did the first time.
1: Yeah, I... Yeah, I had no problem. I didn't read Mitosis. And, in, and I
0: will say, having read Firefight, I felt like Mitosis was a little bit spoiled, because I knew how they were going to end right. up defeating
1: Mitosis. That so. being said, I thought it was kind of silly in Firefight, it, it the way they described having killed Mitosis, it, it just seemed almost like something from Percy Jackson, if you've ever read that, just a very silly way to kill a monster. Um in mitosis, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And it's a lot more real. Cool.
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, final thoughts?
2: Yes. My final thought was I thought we would talk a lot more about mitosis powers because that was one of the things that stuck out to me. It was I thought it was it was really well done.
0: That's why we brought you um, on, man. On,
2: thank you. Thank you. Almost on level with, with Prof's fight scenes, seeing how he used his powers. I thought there was a lot of really cool things that Brandon Sanderson did as far as You know, he split mitosis into a ton of different things, so he could use his multiple ears to have a a sensor array, basically, to pinpoint his location. Uh Um, How he was incessantly coming after him—it was kind of, you know, he and one body would die, right in front of him, like melt, and then the next one would just pick up, like in the in the last tunnel with the knife, and he's coming after him. That was just this incessant. It was cool. It was really creepy and it was really cool and really really well described. But just thinking about. The, the powers that mitosis had, even after I was done reading the really awesome things that um, ha- were done in the book, I was thinking about all these other really cool ways that you could use that power. I mean, in mundane ways, but like in my life, you know, say I needed to move my myself somewhere. It's like, I just like multiplying <laughs> to 10 people and I get it done in an hour or like studying for school. You know, you just, especially since we found out he doesn't actually get dumb or split off into Eight people study each subject for an hour. You just got eight hours worth of study done, and then he and brings them all little... come back together, and you have all the information. Yeah, and... Exactly, it's like there's so many cool things that you could have done. I thought that was really awesome that he came up with with that that power set.
0: Right on.
1: I wonder if mitosis can kill his own clones. I, I mean, wouldn't it, see why I not. feel like there's too many. My other question is um Well I they want, they can rejoin. Re, oh right, they can rejoin. Um what would meiosis look like? <laughs> Ooh I don't know, like a zygote
0: floating. Now now you're just showing off.
3: (laughs) Nerd. I learned something in biology. Have we, have we gone back to the Ferris Bueller's asexual reproduction joke? Uh, Is that what we're doing with this really quickly? Anyway, sorry.
0: Okay. Anyway, let's finish it up. This was supposed to be uh, an abbreviated episode anyway, and we're coming up. We're over 35 minutes now, so let's end it. Thanks you guys for coming on. uh, And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, One more quick plug for everybody to go to our Facebook or follow us on Twitter head to thelegendariumpodcast.com. We have a handy-dandy uh, contact page there if you'd like to shoot me an email. I do love getting emails, uh, getting yelled at, you know, a couple times a week. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> I sincerely enjoy that. Because uh, I say a lot of stupid stuff. So, uh, oh, and then, and of MZ. course, go to mz.com slash legendarium. I would be remiss if I did not say that. Uh, so that's, that's kind of become my base camp for the podcast, so... Uh, That's the surest and best way to get a hold of me or anybody else on the podcast if you want to chat us up there. So thanks again, everybody. We will see you soon for Firefight. uh, And I believe we have a Legend of Zelda episode coming up soon as well. So look forward to that. We'll see you then. Have a good one.